Hey, this is Ross Payton with Rule Blame Public Radio. This is RBBR episode 74, Kickstart My Heart. Uh, we're going to be talking about Kickstarter this episode. And with me, as always, is Dom Church. And with us. I literally don't know what to say anymore, man. I, I can't do the announcer voice thing anymore. Yeah. It's, I guess it's kind of like immersion therapy. I've heard it so much, it doesn't even phase me. Oh, well, poor Tom. So uh, I'm going to have to find other things to complain about. Like, you God, you, God Ross, you are hideous today. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Tom. Yeah. Uh, like, did you, can, you, can you just get walleye? We also have a special uh, guest here, Caleb, uh, who's wanted to talk about... We I'm, were talking about Kickstarter. Yeah. We couldn't talk about the... He's hideous, though. The moneyed right? uh, gentleman himself with his hugely successful uh, uh, no-security Kickstarter. So, uh, when are you two just going to get it over with and get married? <laughs> the, the fans want to know. I yeah. mean... The will they the, won't they the thing. Fanfic writers, yeah. We're the when OTP. the state of Missouri recognizes what we have is real, <laughs> that's when it will happen. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think the kicks, uh, the the fanfic writers want the the. No, no, no. You, know, you uh, want to talk you know, a, talk about a Kickstarter? The forbidden love, you know. OTP. <laughs> hey Ross, that's the Ross, what they want. How much yeah. would the Kickstarter have to raise for us for the fun <laughs> for us to get married? Well, it would be for the wedding video. That's what the Kickstarter is for. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's for creative projects. So, uh, like, I mean, what 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 amount are you seeing in that one? I don't. I'm let. Like six figures. My mind is broken at this point. The so. base goal is six hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> we want it to be a magical evening. I've heard of gay for pay, but this is getting <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so, uh, in other in news of RPPR, um, <laughs> we are going to first be talking about uh, on the RPPR actual play. I posted a couple of guest games that were sent in to us. Uh, early play tests of the Thirteenth Age, a new D and D. Uh, iteration from Pelgrim Press, uh, very, very loosely based on the OGL third ed, uh, written by uh, Jonathan Tweet and Robert, uh, who wrote Ars Magica and Over the Edge, and then uh, Robert Heinso, who is was the lead designer for fourth ed D&D. And it sounded like a really cool game, so I, th- I thought I'd give you guys an early chance to listen into it, see what this is all about. Uh, so if you like this, uh, these are totally different people, not the RPPR crew. So let me know what you think, whether you like it, didn't like it. If mm. I should put it on the community AP site, which we actually have with a lot of commun- uh, uh, podca- uh, actual plays from the RPPR community. So uh, let me know about that. Uh, We've also put up one of our video projects. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the, uh, uh, we're doing Riffs, the movie script reading. I know Caleb was really disappointed he couldn't be a part of the script reading uh, because Riffs, Path of the Storm, you know, we know, all know how much Caleb loves Riffs. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, if he could marry a game, it would be that. So and he wouldn't. Speaking of Forbidden And he'd love. do that for 50 and, bucks on a Kickstarter right exactly. there. Exactly. So uh, we'll be posting more scenes that we've read from that uh, uh, later on. Um, but, uh, Caleb, you actually had some news about your Kickstarter, No Security, because uh, you finally figured out the final stretch goal for your game, uh, for your uh, Kickstarter. So, tell us uh, Yeah, uh, I've got a lot of requests in the comments and in private messages to add a print version. And while that's uh, something I definitely wanted Heaven on Games to do eventually, I had no idea we would ever get to even the point of considering it the first time out. Uh, but we're there. So I've looked into some uh, print-on-demand services and whatnot, and if we get to 7,500, uh, I'll have Ian basically redo the layout for everything. Hi, Ian. And uh, we'll we'll send it to press. So there's seven days to make me miserably busy. Oh, if yeah. If you would like yeah, to do that. Yeah, and wealthy. Yes, I will roll around 
in my money before I give it to Ian. And uh, <laughs> you'll get to say hi to it before <laughs> yes. it goes on a trip. <laughs> yes, very much. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yet again, thank you again to everyone who donated and pledged. So. <laughs> All right, so that is a pretty good segue to our main topic at hand, Kickstarter. Um, If you haven't been on the internet and looking up tabletop RPGs lately, you might not know what Kickstarter is. And if you you haven't been on the internet and this is your first time, hey, thank you for choosing us first. Yeah, Uh, that was was pretty nice of you. Uh, How did you find us? The logical choice. We're in a dark hole and under a rock somewhere. Um, But Kickstarter is a crowdfunding website that enables people to set up a project, uh, with a certain monetary goal, and people then get to pledge how much, however much they want to, and they get different rewards depending on what they choose. It's all up to the project, project creators. Kickstarter gets 5% of whatever is raised, and then Amazon gets 3 to 4% of that as well. And that's the, it in a nutshell. So it's let people, um, big, you know, small individual creators to game, fairly large game companies to go out to the public and say, hey, would you want to fund this? And the response, this its really this spring, it, it's been a, a, up for a while, a couple of years, I believe, but it's only this spring that's really, like, taken off. Like, it's really gained critical mass, I think. Um, if you're into video games, you probably heard, you might have heard of the Double Fine. Uh, Double Fine, they do games like Psychonauts. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the other ones? Um, Tim Schafer, of course, is a legend who did Day of the Tentacle and a bunch of other adventure games. And he puts said, hey, we'll do an adventure game if we raise, like, uh, was a million dollars or something like that, 800000 And they raised, like, at least double that or something yeah, like that. they blew that goal away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, later on, some of the people, original creators of the game Wasteland, uh, said, "Hey, we'll do Wasteland too. Post-apocalyptic nuclear winter wasteland uh, role-playing game on a computer." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we'll do into that." I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, and I, I kicked into that. So uh, Shadowrun, Shadowrun, making yeah. a Shadowrun game that's actually has anything at all to do with Shadowrun. It's not an FPS. Other than the Microsoft. Yeah. I wasn't going to kick in until they literally threw rotten fruit at the guy who designed the first game <laughs> in the trailer. And I'm like, well, that's good marketing. Yeah. And you can have my money now. Yeah. So, um, so a lot of people <laughs> hailed this as a way to basically cut out the middlemen up until now. Basically, all professional creative pro- games have gone through the route of publisher or you know the, the the developers who make the game then they go to a publisher slash or distributor or some sort of middleman and that middleman takes the game to market and you know sells it to be gets in the stores and markets it and uh, so on and so forth so that's how it's worked up until now and the problem is the middleman has most of the power they're the ones who give funding to the developer and they decide how much effort they're going to put into marketing a game getting it out there so people know about it and they get to have final say in all these creative projects now the middleman done fucked up and he gone yeah well there's now an alternative and a lot of people think oh my god this is going to be the panacea of gaming and everything we're going to have just a golden age of games and a lot of people on the other said oh wait a minute this can't. This is too good to be true. This is going to be uh, a, a fad, a bubble. It's going to pop any minute now. And so, where? What is Kickstarter? Is it as good as people say? Is it the panacea that's going to solve all the problems of gaming? Is it going to make tabletop role playing games uh, from their you know declining little niche to something more mainstream, more vibrant, more to alive? how wars are actually resolved? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what do you guys think? First off, what are your your overall impressions well i mean i 
I guess me, I, I've only, re- I've only really, really helped plan one Kickstarter myself, and that was for uh, Aaron to uh, go to Gen Con. Right, that was year. a couple of years, yeah. And uh, to me, uh, yeah, remember. at the time, I was just, I didn't really see it as anything like that. To me, it was just a way to raise some money so Aaron could go. Right. That's really all I saw it as at the time. Right. And that's even, technically, we broke the rules with that, because you're supposed to do it for a creative project, not like pay my car bills, or, you know, paint my house, or, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, there are sites that there are other crowdfunding websites. One thing I mentioned, we're, we're using Kickstarter, uh, which is creative projects only, and only ba- cre- project creators can only be in the U.S. Uh, although backers can be from anywhere, and uh, so we kind of hedge the rules, but we did release products with that, like preview actual plays and right. uh, videos and whatnot. So, but to me, that's, and that was just a very small amount of money. Yeah, too. it was. A- I think it was like five hundred tops. Yeah, uh, so that that was. But then I guess, but that was my one big experience in it until you started doing yours, right? And then I kind of I saw it basically. I've just I've seen it grow as you just ex- described it. Right. It went from something to waste some quick, quick cash to, uh, hey, now's my chance to finally put out that thing I've been wanting. Whatever your thing is, right? Just now's my chance to do it on my terms, right? Um. So yeah, that's true, Caleb. What are your uh, initial thoughts on overall thoughts about Kickstarter? Uh, I think it's 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 great. Um, coming from my background with creative writing in school and whatnot, I've spent I've got a lot of rejection letters. <laughs> yeah, a lot of rejection letters yep. for a lot of different kind of things, and just uh, you know, working on the distribution side of things is not necessarily why you get into any kind of fiction writing, be yeah. it RPG or otherwise, but. Uh, I don't find it completely without like rewards. I, I enjoy parts of it, and then, man, is it nice just to be like, I have this idea, and then okay, I can do this now, and this thing will exist because I don't have to wait five months from you to get a rejection slip or not get a rejection slip. Uh, so it's it's really liberating as a quasi creative person. Right. I know, like, for you, Bryson Springs and Lover in the Ice, two of the scenarios you're doing for uh, No Security were initially uh, submitted to The Unspeakable Oath, but because they have such a backlog, you know, and yeah. there's their writers and staff are all over work, too, they never got back to you, right? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never heard anything. So, this is, yeah, this, and there was clearly a demand from, if you look at the, the, the episode uh, comments on the RPV actual play side, people really wanted to find, want to get the, the written notes for the scenario, so. Yeah, and um, it's not like I'm bitter about that or anything, it's just an overall process thing. So, like, part of the rewards is short fiction. Yeah. I write a lot of it, and I show it to no one. But now, at like at least a few people are going to see it. Maybe I mean yeah. they paid for it, uh, so you know that's a bigger readership of than I ever had before of zero. Yeah, um, and it's it, it's it's really satisfying. You don't have to deal with other people's. I make my own style guide. I make my own hours. I make my own deadline. It's it's really liberating in a lot of ways. So. So it is a yeah. I mean, I think even the harshest critics of Kickstarter can't deny that it is allowing 
niche projects that would never have found a market otherwise uh, a chance to really appear a really uh, a chance to be i mean like uh i know with the wasteland 2 uh kickstarter they talk about or was it Shadowrun? um one of them they talk about how hey we tried to pitch this to the publishers we tried to pitch this to the people who had money and they just wouldn't want to do it you know they didn't think that there was an audience or that the audience was big enough for it or that they wanted to do the old style uh, style game and this is the, and so this is a way to do that. Now, uh, of course, on the other, of course, what the critics say is one: there's this potential for fraud and scamming, which is certainly existent. Uh, um, I really think they're they're recognizing that and moving against it, though. Having just gone through the process recently, the, there's a pretty extensive vetting. I like I had to give tax information. I had to give all sorts of bank routing information. Yeah, uh, various things. There was a wait time. Yeah. There, was, there was about a nine or ten day wait between I had everything completely done before it put up. Um, so I, I think they are moving against that. They have a bunch of extensive rules now. So um, if you contribute to your own Kickstarter, you're done. You could have made a billion dollars. You put one dollar in, it's over. You're not going to see a dime of it. Um, and it is it is important to note that the money is not real until like 14 days after the Kickstarter meets. Right. So like and pledges only- go down. Like yeah. people pledge more than they have, and then they readjust. Like yeah. it, it can go up and down. So I think they're moving to stop the fraud side of things as, as best they can. Right. So um, I know. Yeah, there have been projects that have been canceled. I know there was a uh, mythic video game one where they were going to do uh, a sequel to Myth or something like that, and then people figured, oh, they're stealing art. Like people just internet users on the something awful forums and a couple other places looked into these people like oh yeah they're clearly lying they're clear and so kickstarter canceled the project yeah um so there is that and but uh, another thing is the people are thinking uh, another criticism is uh the delay like people think that you know they're or that they have misconceptions about it. you know the idea that oh i'm gonna get this video game well when like the wasteland 2 thing like i realized i've just read the design document that they posted online it's like 10 pages long and just the amount of detail we're going to have it to where your your characters affect the world people are going to notice you and there's multiple ways of doing things and blah 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 blah. like the original wasteland which is like apparently like this ridiculously complex although very simple graphics rpg like that's going to take them at least a year to do like there's no way they're going to get it done before the you know fourth quarter 2013 i mean like there's no way they can do it. Oh, yeah. I'd say longer than a year. I, I mean, was just, yeah, minimum. If you want quality, you don't rush it out the door. Like yeah. If, you know. So, yeah, that's that's a, a downside yeah, to it. But then you get to see things that are so ridiculously specific in terms of demographic that they would not exist otherwise. Like, yeah. uh, Addition Wars, a competitive <laughs> card game for people who were either pissed off or, or laugh about the fourth versus three point five at D and D wards. Yeah. Like, you know, Munchkin Nerd Edition Wars about a specific RPG game. Who's gonna yeah. fund that? And then, you know, they find their audience. Well there have so. been a lot of really good tabletop RPGs as well that have been funded through Kickstarter. There was one, I can't remember what it's called, but it's a Mesoamerican Aztec RPG. And it has decent art too, and it's like they really get into the Aztec mythology of like, oh, here's the demon that's the fe- that represents the fear of warriors to die on the sacrificial table, you know, like <laughs> it's like eater of skulls or something like that. I mean, it's very dark and very specific, and like mm-hmm. this is like, oh wow, that's really cool. And with you know Lulu and 
print on demand books, like that's something that they can easily produce in a low budget with a low amount of personnel. Um, but yeah, yeah. I've actually heard someone say that one, one thing he likes about Kickstarter is the fact that it also tells you if there's really any interest in your project. Yeah, that's I, true. I mean, there's been a, he said I, there's been some people I've known that they have like this dream project in their head that they'd love to tell people about. Yeah. So and this, so they you know they corner you somehow in a restaurant. <laughs> you know, like they tell you like you know, if you want, you're out to eat and suddenly they tell you about this idea that you just think there is no way I there is no way anyone would it's buy like that. It's like Dungeons and Dragons, but the elves are purple and the dwarves get this the dwarves have flintlock guns, eh? Eh? Yeah. Totally original. Like everything else is to basically and the same. Most and most of the time, and system. I guess you're also they're your friends, so you don't want to tell them that shit. Yeah. But if they do this and like two people contribute, yeah, they might finally realize, hey, maybe it's me. Yeah, there are one thing that another criticism I've seen of Kickstarter is that they hide failed projects. Like you can still find them if you know where the like where the project is. If it's Bob's awesome RPG, you can still go to that URL and see, oh, that failed. But like uh, you, if you if you're trying to browse through projects, they only show you current or successful projects. They don't show you failed projects. Um, and the, actually, if you look at the, the recent statistics, only 44% of projects get funded, I think. Something like that. Less than 50%. Um, but again, a that's lot still of... Better, that's still better odds than taking your chance with a publisher. Yeah, well, yeah. but And a lot of these yeah. f- failed projects are people who clearly have no idea. Like, I'm going to do an MMO. What's your budget? What are you asking for? $5,000? You know, like, you're not doing an MMO with five grand, you know, like... Um, so there, there, there is some you know expectations meeting reality. There is that aspect too, mm-hmm. um, but um, one of the you know so the idea is like you know what is, so is it going to be is this the greatest thing is this going to be a bubble or is this going to stick around? I mean, I my personal opinion, I just I see it sticking around. Maybe not as the new thing, yeah. But it's I think it's it's more going to be like. An option for somebody. Yeah, I think it's all. I think it's more. Its niche will be. It will always be there for someone who has an idea but knows they'll never get a mainstream publisher or whatever right. to look at right. it. I think it's gonna be more of a way to get just to get to a better chance to get your stuff out there. Right, is more the way I see it. Right. Um, yeah, there's a scamming thing, and I'm sure I'm sure that there's a number of those failed projects that deserve to meet, and they would have been great. And yeah. it was just a distribution or, you know, networking issue. Because a lot of that's a factor. But at the same time, nothing about Kickstarter precludes professionalism. Like, right. the stuff I put on there, I try and vet it as much as something I'd send in for submission, if not more. Yeah. And uh, there are projects that I've seen that are just, like, laughably bad. Sentence fragments in the descriptions, mm-hmm. terrible videos. and or you no know, video. Or no video. And... You, you know, no kind of reputation for the person, nothing to follow up. I don't think in any way it precludes quality at all. I think you have to be professional in order to get it funded. So, uh, in in that line, I see it lasting. Maybe not at the level it's at currently. I still, you know, before I put it up, I feared I'd missed the, you know, I'd missed the boom times, like. After the third four billion dollar funded video game, I'm like, oh no, this is whole this whole thing's gonna come crashing down after I hit post. But I don't think that's the case. I don't know if it'll keep up like it's going now because it's yeah. really popular now. But uh, I, I am, I am, I do think it's gonna stick around, and I think it's a good thing it's sticking around. Well, I mean, one of the things that very uh, interests me is how like 
few people, even like with the, the uh, uh, million dollar Kickstarters, how comparatively few people are actually kicking into it and to raise a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars. You know, like uh, these, these projects will have like 10,000 people. And that'd be a huge amount of people. But like if you think about the numbers of like how many people it takes to make a TV show popular, a movie popular, a video game popular, they talk of like, oh, we sold a million units of, you know, GTA, you know, four or whatever. And that like a million people and all you needed to get this game funded was 10,000 people, you know. And so there's this idea and then like a lot of these smaller projects, especially the tabletop RPGs, they have like 100, 200, you know, maybe 300 people, you know, for the larger projects, for the tens of thousands of dollars, 300 people raising 50 grand for something, you know. Yeah. I also I also like to like the variety of stuff on there. Yeah, it's not just books or movies. I I saw one like there's like I remember one I heard uh, there was a uh, like a special effects guy that was like a, you know a student of it that was trying to get money for like a zombie movie. Yeah, and it was it was it was just him trying to you know like and he showed in his video he showed off some of the stuff he'd done that looks really good. Yeah, and just says like hey like it's like see all this cool like zombie makeup and shit and like like help me raise this money and we'll make a movie with it. Yeah. And everyone get you know, there's like free copies of it. Yeah, I think one like there's like the highest one like you can actually get a brief speaking part in it. Yeah, that's a, that's the web series are always very interesting. I've actually kicked into a few Kickstars. We'll talk about them more in the shoutouts. Um, but yeah, like there's there's like there the the vanity rewards are actually kind of an interesting topic. Like the rewards of these Kickstarters are very are up, left up to the creators, and the standard things are like, well, thank you on the website. We'll give you an item of whatever we're making. You know, a DVD book. PDF, whatever, mm. or digital download. But if that's, not, but if that's not enough for you, if yeah, you want there are more. The, yeah, if you want it like the for tabletop RPGs, like one of the things is having a like having the guy run a Skype game for you. Um, Caleb, you're doing that. I've done that for the ransom yeah. project. I've seen a, like you know have a custom NPC created by you in the game. Yeah. Uh, what were you? What was your ultimate uh, reward for uh, no security? Uh, I'll design a new monster. Just for your gaming group, and then Ian's going to sketch it. So I'll write up the little ecosystem. And you've got two people. Uh, yes. How much, how, much, what was that? how much was that for? That was two fifty. So wow. that that'll um, I'll be able to pay Ian for his sketch. Yeah. And then I will do the work with the with the donor to see you know if they have any requests. Right. And, and then, then uh, of course we'll they'll be getting all the other previous rewards too. Which yes, yes. The seat at the Skype game. Um, yeah. And. One of the other things, yeah, uh, I did have to cap Skype games because yeah. with with the two fifty donors, I have fourteen different people in need of Skype games now. So yeah. I'm going to be running Skype games for August. So uh, that's a lot <laughs> totally of Skype. That's a lot of Skype games. But uh, I, I'm sorry, I wish I could have done more. But yeah, school will start again, and yeah. I will have to go back to work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, one this one one side benefit, like I know when I've done the RPBR ones, like for the Skype games, I've let other people post the recordings of them. Like I always record the games. Like there's easy easy to get software to record MP3s of your Skype games or whatever. And then if you've posted them on like the Unspeakable Oath or let them post it on their website, um, like there was the one of the what was the game called? Uh, the one we did. I ran the eight player game for. 
um, Sorted Dystopia. Remember that? Yeah, that yeah. was a Skype. Oh, yes. The- well, I should put it. I need to put a link for that in there so you can listen to that. That was uh, a bit crazy because, again, we had eight people show up for that game. And we had the, uh, crea- I mean, the, the creators. The people were listening, listening in, in over Skype for that. So, and and the, we, thing is, the thing is, that we, kept- we horribly butchered their system because I. Then, I then was again, really- we, also, we also kept looking over, like, you know, something crazy would happen. Yeah. Then, like, most of us would look over to the yeah. screen to see what they were typing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, having an audience for that. So it's kind of an unusual reward. Let's I know, know like, our uh, egos know no bounds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my single favorite descript- part of that game was when I improv the line of like this crazy godlike emperor who has this weird palace, which is described as having different architectural styles blended together. And I describe it as like <laughs> MC Escher barfing Minecraft onto the <laughs> landscape. <laughs> oh yeah. I think everybody, uh, that was good. And that we was- all, we all loved our characters too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was so. You should listen to that actual play on the uh, the drunk and the ugly. I think we they it's madness. It. So yeah, it is madness. Um, so I think um, yeah, there there are a lot of the Kickstarter rewards are like for thousands of dollars, and they like have a concert if you're a musician, you know, for the person, or we'll come to your house and party with you or whatever. Um, I know like Amanda Palmer and Neil Gaiman did one where it's like for ten thousand dollars or like thousands of dollars, you can have you can have a meal with us, you know, somewhere or something like that. So like exactly. <laughs> so uh, there's that. Um, do you think those are a ripoff, or do you think those are like? Well, the thing is, I would say they're not a ripoff precisely because it's an option. Yeah, you don't have to do it. Yeah, I mean, a... if you want, I mean, if you if you get that, it means you wanted it enough to pay the money. Yeah, it's true. So at that point, you're like, how can that be a ripoff? Like, well, you donated the money for it. Yeah. So you must have wanted it. Yeah. Uh... I kind of think it gets rid of a lot of the uh, reward ripoff stuff. Like, just say. You didn't have to buy it. Yeah, um, I mean there is there is, does I mean there's no there's no sort of guidelines for like how much something like that should be worth, but like so that it makes it entirely up to the person right. donating. But there are there have been like some sort of market kind of guidelines have been set. I know like Dennis Detwiller for one of his recent Kickstarters offered Skype games, but his it was like a thousand dollars for a Skype game or thirty five hundred dollars for an entire campaign that he'd run, and I don't think anybody kicked into that at that level. So like, yeah, I mean, I think you can price yourself out yeah. in any reward level, uh, but vanity, the upper vanity levels as well. Yeah, like um, I mean, I love y'all, but I don't think I'm gonna go get on a plane and go to somebody's <laughs> house for any amount. It's just Given like, the comments they've had, you know, that was probably a lot. I mean, like that'd be great, <laughs> and if we were just doing it because you know we're cool we're hanging out that's fine but if you're like paying god it's gonna be so awkward that just has to be the most awkward situation it's like a one-act play awkward (laughs) like you would have to write about it afterwards uh so i think i think people can definitely price themselves out at that range but at the same time as tom said don't do it if you don't want to. Or yeah. donate, rethink about it, and take your money away. Like, until the project meets and it's over, like I said, that money's not real. It's in your bank account. You can completely readjust. You could drop out entirely. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm not... Don't do that for no security. That That's an exception. <laughs> I'll take my $1 That's all out, locked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll but, break you. <laughs> I, was, I was stuck on 666, Ross. No, I was I terrified. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that actually happened the first day it was up. It was at six hundred sixty-six dollars, and Caleb messaged me like, "Oh God, nobody's going to contribute now because no one's going to want to break it." And I'm like, "God damn it, fine, Caleb." I put one dollar in, so it's six six seven. I and I shit you not. Like one minute later, Ian Moody like messaged me like, "You're the one who broke it, didn't you?" 
He, he talked to he me, He's like, us. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, because Caleb was freaking out, okay? And he's like, oh. I, yeah, Ian told me they are dead to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, now, one, one of the other things, uh, uh, talking about the, the value of things, is what is the value of Kickstarter itself? There's actually, I read right before this episode started, an essay talking about why Kickstarter is overpriced and should be shut down. Uh, I remember because, you mentioning that as I walked yeah, in. Yeah, I was, I was just finishing out the essay when Tom walked in. And the basic thesis is that, of the, this essay, is that it, it, it takes, Kickstarter takes 5%, you know, and then it only offers a web hosting the services of a web hosting company for a few weeks or whatever, and that's incredibly overpriced because you know five percent is more like you know web hosting for years like a hundred dollars, you know uh, one hundred twenty dollars, and there for your projects probably going to be more than one hundred twenty dollars. So if, uh, so there there there's that there, and uh, I think it was you know rather stupid because he totally ignored the fact that they also processed the back end um, and set that up and. I think it kicks. I don't know. What do you think about the does Kickstarter is Kickstarter worth the five percent it takes? Well, uh, I once I've only I've only helped with one. I've written the script for a video, right, and contributed some stuff to things you've done. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't. I think it's totally wrong. I think it. I think it's totally worth it. Okay, because it, 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 it does a lot of the busy work for you, right? You know, so you can just kind of focus on. The stuff that you want to focus on, like what are you doing, what are you going to offer, things like that. Right. So you can focus on the sh- on the shit you care about and let them take care of the niggling little details. That I think alone is worth it. Okay. Well, I I have not read the essay, but that, that if, is literally his argument is that it was if a- it was just web hosting, I would agree. But right. it's it's a social network site as well. So yeah. when you follow people who are back, when backers follow you, they see everything else you back. Or whoever follows them, they see what they just back. So that's links you're getting into yeah. people's inboxes in their emails. Like, so-and-so just backed this, and you've sent them a direct link to their email to your project. Uh, you've got embedded widgets. Um, you've got the prestige of Kickstarter, other people following it. Um, I think I think a large part of that 5% is made up for in marketing. Because yeah. especially with the one project I've done, it's been very successful, more successful than I ever could have dreamed, and that's definitely because of the you know generosity of the backers, but as well, I don't think as many backers would have ever known about it if I just threw it up on hebanongames.com and said, "Give me money right uh, and then furthermore, with taxes and like this is that's the thing you need to consider as as this gets increasingly more popular and they are increasingly more resistant to fraud, you are running a business. Like, it is CYA. If you promise something, you're going to do it because you are legally required to do so if that meets. And that is serious, serious fraud-level stuff. So, uh, yet again, you could open yourself to a whole bag of worms if you just, like, register a domain name and go to town and try and figure it out yourself. Well, that's but literally with Kickstarter, what like you've got yeah. established clauses, yeah, uh, and and you know people who've done it before and things like that. So I think you're paying for ease of use at the same time. I think I mean that, I think Amazon's probably taking a little bit much, three with three to four percent for not doing anything but being the. I mean, why not go through PayPal? Well, I mean, it's uh, PayPal has a lot of issues on its own. Like if you read I, it, 
I, I agree, but like yeah. Amazon isn't doing nothing to publicize your project. Yeah, it it does nothing to make it easier other than being the you know the service by which you process the credit card payment. Yeah. So uh, that might be a little high, but I don't I don't I don't see the five percent argument the guy's making. I think I mean that's the thing is like the guy's argument is literally you could recreate all of Kickstarter's functionality with a basic you know web hosting package and like yeah that's true if you have a lot of skills as a web designer and as a programmer because creating that back end of like managing users keeping track of how many people are contributing per day. Uh, there's survey lists you can email users to get their you know addresses and keep track of them, um, and yeah, the marketing angle like I think that's worth the five percent. So, but there there are some people that are thinking you know like that that Kickstarter maybe maybe overvalued, maybe not as much as they think, but like I don't know. So. Well, I mean, the, if you want to get into like means of production kind of stuff, yeah, the. The angle about Kickstarter and the reason it's better in in my mind than self publishing is that uh, I, I could have always self published these, yeah, and I could have drawn stick figure versions of the monsters, yeah, and I could have laid it out in a Word document or a very very basic PDF, or I could have spent all summer learning how to do one of those skills and put out a crappy version of it. But the fact of the matter is, with Kickstarter, I can hire help. Like right. I can factor that into the price. I can differentiate. I can have people working on multiple things at the same time, so it comes out before everybody who backed it dies. <laughs> uh, and that would be impossible if I just self-publish it. Right. Or unless you max out your Especially if I built a massive social networking website for Kickstarters <laughs> by myself. And, and, you know, that's a whole nother... I've learned a lot of new skills to do no security, yeah. but not nearly the number I'd have to do if, you know, it, the site wasn't in place. So I, to, to to the essay guy, I'd say go ahead and do it. Let's see how successful that is when you, yeah. you know, make Kickstarter in your backyard. I will say though, Palladium <laughs> is crowdfunding on their own, just through their own website. You know, they've done several books that way. I'm done talking. <laughs> <laughs> I know no. you're just a flutter from thinking about your your, your heart throughout. Oh, there. Palladium! Yeah, I can never play you, but you'll always have a place in my heart. Yeah. Uh, not yeah, we can't play that game anymore. I think the Eliminators was the swan song. I mean, really, it's the rules are really. Uh, moving on, uh, <laughs> why do you kick into various Kickstarters as a backer? Like I've backed a lot of projects too. I know the guy uh, who is it, uh, Tycho from uh, yeah, uh, from Penny Arcade has made jokes about how he's just like gone down the rabbit hole of just like <laughs> that looks cool, that looks good, I'll sponsor that. Of course, he has Penny Arcade money, so he can afford to throw around you know mm-hmm. uh, whole tens of dollars on things. So. Um, I mean, for me, I, like I said, I'll mention a few, one or two of them on, uh, um, like the the Silent City web series. I've also done another web series that was like, a bit like Cold War. Everyone goes into Fallout bunker because of nuclear war, but one of them's a vampire, and then people start showing up dead. So who's the vampire? Like. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so of course they haven't released anything yet. So again, that there's that time delay. Are they actually going to finish the damn thing or not? So, but I don't know. What do you? What do? You, what? What makes you want a Kickstarter to succeed, or what makes you kick in? Well, I, I think for me, the first thing is I've really got to like the project itself. Yeah, I got to. I have to want what they're doing. Right. But then, then of course, you know, that, you know, if I like the project, that will get me the, that will get me to donate the minimum. Yeah. It's only then, but first, once I once I bolt down, okay, this project sounds cool, interesting. I'll donate. 
then I'll start going through and seeing if any of the rewards are worth it. Yeah. And yeah, I admit, if you have certain rewards, just if I see that, like, I want that so much. Hmm. Sometimes, yeah, but really, it's really first thing I got to do is I have to really have some interest in the project itself. Yeah. You know, yeah, I might like a really cool poster from a certain artist this guy's offering, but he might all, but his project might also be, you know, booger the RPG. Yeah. And, you know, like, uh, no. Hmm. Um, that's true. I mean, for me, it's just what, what they're offering. If it's cheap too, like there's one, uh, Kickstarter called the dungeon map or a random dungeon generator map. And it's like a big, like the, one of the thing I got was a big, like an eight, 24 by 36 poster for like $17, which included shipping. So it was like dirt cheap for a nice poster of like crazy, you know, first edition era kind <laughs> of retro D and D art. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So like, I, I just like, Oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll do that. That's all. That's cheap. So, and then it also came with PDF. So there's a lot of value to it. So for me, it's all, it's not even so much about the, the project per se. It's something, if the reward itself is worth it. Like I've kicked into the wasteland, the shadow run and the double fine one all at the base level just to get the game. Cause like, you know, the developer diaries behind the scenes stuff is nice and all this other stuff. But like, and I wish I could have gotten a soundtrack, but they priced the soundtrack 20. It's not worth $20 more or $15 more than the game itself. So I don't know. What about you, Caleb? I I rarely go above like two or three reward levels. Yeah, uh, I I stick pretty low just because I I could fall down the rabbit hole of Kickstarter too. Yeah, I got to be careful. Um, so a, a lot of times, like if there's a physical product or something like that, I won't go for it because I just don't want to enter my address and go through all of it. Um, if it's for a video game or something like that, I usually enter the base amount to get the video game. The down, the download yeah, version. But yeah. other projects, I just want to see it exist. So like, really, I, I donated to a um, comic oh. product for five bucks that I didn't get the book. I just I'll buy it at Barnes and Noble or something because it's going to be a product product. So I just donated five bucks to like see them on their way. Uh, the the clang, what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Like it's like fifty bucks to get the basic game or something like so I'm like so I give him like ten. Like, you know, I just want I, I wanna see people sword fighting in their living room with like Renaissance long swords yeah, yeah. and stuff like yeah, I want I want that to be in the Who world. Who so that's usually where so I I usually donate around the minimum or like two or three levels higher just cause not because I don't want stuff higher up, but I, I, I'm afraid that Yeah. The thing about Kickstarter you know, not advertising failed projects is that a lot of times when they're like a billion percent funded. Yeah. I feel silly donating. Yeah. I feel like I'm just spending money I don't have on something. Yeah. Uh, that I could wait and save up for. But I, I'm, I'm more likely to donate if they haven't met yet or they haven't met a stretch goal. Yeah. So I always do look at that. You know, are they going to still use the money to make something more? Mm. Uh, so, yeah. More algae. Yeah, I guess I, that that web series about the vampire in the bunker I did um, I, because again I just thought that was a cool idea uh, and that was only ten dollars. So, but most of the time I almost always pick something that I want. Like I want wasteland too, so I get that. Um, so it, it's interesting the different strat- uh, strategies. I know there have been some like ultimate goal. Have there been any like ultimate high end vanity rewards that you've like wanted to have knew you couldn't afford, but like wish you could have been like an altar. Cause I know like there was a proto, like um, 
Recent, oh, for those listeners home, the Proto Man uh, uh, performed in Springfield uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we uh, several of us went to go see them, and they, like this was like their first experience with the Proto Man, and of course it was the, the the music was tuned badly, like it was just, but it was awesome because they they put on a good show, uh, and Caleb was there, and they there was a Kickstarter for a Proto Man documentary that was successful a while ago, and one of the vanity vanity uh, ultimate rewards was we will make you a Proto Man helmet and ship it to you. So like <laughs> it was like the official going to be the documentary, so you get an official Proto Man helmet. And like uh, if I had five hundred dollars, you know, to blow on something like that, I would have. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I want to eat dinner with Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer. Yeah, or. Um, one of the zombie figurine board games. I don't know. There's a bazillion yeah, zombie are. things on Kickstarter. One of them was like, if you donated high enough, you became a figurine in the game. Yeah. Like, they made you a survivor, and then they also made a zombie version of you if you nice. did your team. I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of cool if I was a figurine in a board game. You know, but yet again, I don't want to give them $2,000 or whatever it was. To, That's a lot of to money. To do huh? that. So, yeah. um, if I win the lottery... I'm gonna be doing Kickstarter shit all day long. Like I'll have to schedule it tightly just to fit in all the crazy crap I'll be doing all day with celebrities and designers. And but you know I exist in a world where we got to eat roofs over our heads. So and there's no yeah so yeah we're not post scarcity yet. Yeah, yeah I know yeah don't you remember I'm sure you both heard of like how like if you're a millionaire if you make so much money it's like. It, it's impossible to spend it all. You just have to, there's no way you can, because of just of how much money you have versus what you can spend it on. You know, you can only buy so many Ferraris and shit like that. That was clearly those, that, that study was clearly made in a day before Kickstarter. Cause I'm uh-huh. sure like, <laughs> like I could, if I was fucking one of the Koch brothers or Warren Buffett, I'd like fucking blow like a hundred grand a day on Kickstarter. <laughs> like, yep. I want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, video game about thing. yeah about a game about llamas going into the afterlife to find the true meaning of Christmas fifty grand done let's see that <laughs> you know like I would I now, you, so you would actually become the next great patron of the arts I would be like fucking the Renaissance only weird video nerd games and like uh, uh, Neil Gaiman and Amanda Palmer just leaving you know the the back you know the shed behind my house my mansion. <laughs> As you sit in your giant you throne. You shouldn't have made that reward! As, as you sh- sit in your giant throne. Yeah, exactly. Someone bring me the head of a pig! Yes. What's, how much do I have to kickstart for that? So, it's like, it's um, like, it's like, have Neil Gaiman fiddle for me. Uh, well, there's, there's even irony kickstarters. Like, yeah. the dolphin RPG. <laughs> do you want to play that because you're like, oh, the system looks really good. We're going to start a campaign. Or, like, do you, or do you want that for a one-shot and just ambush your group with that? Like, you're yeah, all dolphins. With not, it's, with it's like leather the sh- jackets and switchblades. Yeah, it's the sham wow of kickstarters. <laughs> like, you are like the Snuggie. You buy one. For the act to tell people because your reptilian you, brain wants it before you your bought logical it. Yeah. brain. Yeah, like you buy one because it would be funny to buy one and tell people you bought one. Like, <laughs> and that met that blew its goals away. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I looked at it, it was forty four hundred dollars out of a thousand. Yeah, so I, I mean, it's it's weird. It's it's weird as capitalism. Yeah, it, people, it takes all types. So, uh, so what, Ross, oh, would you actually buy yourself your own Nigerian prince? 
is that a Kickstarter? Is that a thing? <laughs> I'd make I, it. I, I, you know, okay, so I, I could be like, if you're that rich, Ross, I'd be a guy that would just make up weird shit. No, if like, I was rich, I would go. To, I would find somebody to contact the people, the fine film producers in Nollywood, which is the Nigerian Hollywood, <laughs> and have them make me a movie a week, and just like <laughs> I, I like, and the movie a week would be based on uh, uh, horse ebooks. Like I pick one <laughs> random tweet, and then people in Hollywood, and I'd have somebody in China write the script and then have someone in India translate the script and send it to the people in Hollywood. It would be the total... The, the so you'd most... be internet Caligula? Yes! Entertain me! <laughs> Fiddle for me! Uh, what are Rigertags fighting kittens and jello? <laughs> uh, pandas. No, pandas would be better. So yeah. <laughs> Pandas uh, make everything better. Exactly, like kittens. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, clearly what I would do. Uh, but one one last thing we should talk about uh, ransoming versus uh, just to explain that because um, you're doing basically a ransom now the, this print on demand thing is the recent but like that's you're just going to put that up on Lulu at the end people yeah. will just be able to order it on their own yeah the the additional funds are that so that we can basically reformat the whole thing but you're ransoming the main PDFs that's the main yeah thing. but we're ransoming the main yeah. PDF so basically I think everyone is doing basic selling goods and services for rewards. Yeah. Because those are all exclusive. So even if you're ransoming, that's like a one-time thing. Right. Like, uh, when Greg Solzzi, uh ransoms all his short fiction, yeah, you st- he still only Skype talks to you if you pay a certain amount. Like, So yeah. you're, you're always going to have that level of your basic money, you know, exchange currency kind of thing. Uh, but uh, other products, like, it's seeing a product exist. So, for example, if... The zombie board game X, I don't know, there's like 18 of them on there now. If that meets, they're not going to give it to everybody. It's going to be in a store and you can go buy it. Uh, Or it's going to be online somewhere and you can go buy it. Whereas Ransom is just if you meet, it will exist for free on the internet and the rewards will be specific to you for being nice enough to back it. Right. So... Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's a ransom. You're holding it ransom until it can be released for the good of all. And that's what all the RPPR ones have been doing up until uh, for up, up till now. Uh, I will mention I am working on that line. Uh, the, the next official RPPR Kickstarter, which will be based on the New York, Heroes of New York Gideon campaign, I'm going to call it Base Raiders. And it's basically going to be a setting book for a world of superheroes and villains, but all the major ones have gone. So basically there are you know hundreds or thousands of abandoned super bases around the world that need to be broken into and looted for the good of all. <laughs> um, and also do-it-yourself transhumanism. Uh, so yeah. that, that those are going to be the two big campaign themes. So I'm planning that, and that's going to be an actual book. That's actually going to be a, a book I'll print and ship out to people. And we're also going to do miniatures, uh, like we're doing. Like that, there actually is a physical reward for you at certain levels where you yes. get a, a ghoul miniature. Have you actually seen a photo of it yet? Has it been printed or made yet? Uh, Ian is working. I know I've seen the three. Ian model. is working on the mold now. Yeah. Uh, well, he's working on the prototype, which will then be turned into the mold. Yeah. And then we'll do a print run of it. Uh, I've seen 3D models of it. Yeah. Which is what he does for a lot. You of You put it on the, the Kickstarter. Yeah, and it looks pretty gross and freaky. So yeah, uh, yeah it's very cool. But yeah, thought... that's a basic transaction kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but the ransom thing, we're just going to put it up. And, and since we've met so many stretch goals, we have like five scenarios now that are going up for free. Uh, Ian and I have decided we're just going to. You know, we're just going to hammer out one at a time. So, yeah. Rice and Springs should be up in a week or so. Uh, we've got, I'm waiting on more art from Ian and I'm doing some more editorial tweaks, but we're laying it out with PDF things. Like, and then we're just going to move on to the next one. 
So rather than have everybody wait three months yeah. for rewards and everything and then ransom up, we'll be putting the ransom stuff up as we get it finished. Um, and the rewards will go out as they are done as well. So nice. I can't give you exact dates, but it will trickle out. If you won't have to wait a year and a half to see anything at all. So that's that's I'm sure the people uh, uh, the fans RB are going to be uh, looking forward to that. Uh, so yeah, I, one of the things I want to mention I'm going to do the miniature rip off the miniature idea from you guys. Uh, I'll have Ian create some zombified superheroes because you know I'm I don't know if you know this about me I'm kind of interested in writing about zombies. So there's going to be get a whole the s- fuck yeah go fall. Oh, speaking of which, Zombies of the World won Best Humor in the Benjamin Franklin Book Awards uh, this year. So Caleb. Yeah. Let us applaud, Ross. I'll just put that on loop for the next two minutes. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, so there will be a whole thing about zombified superheroes, and so we'll have some, some zombified superhero uh, miniatures that you can order as part of the, one of the rewards for it. So we'll, uh, that, of course, I, I'm still planning it out. I don't know exactly when it's going to be up. It's obviously going to be well after... Uh, the no security is done, so you have some time to recover. <laughs> and uh, but if you have any thoughts on what you want to see, uh, one of the things I'm debating right now whether to make the book in black and white or color, or ha- probably I'll have both. You know, the color one will obviously be more expensive. So uh, if there are any other high end rewards you want to listen uh, uh, get, uh, obviously I'll be running Skype games for people. But what would you like to have? As a Ross will come over to your house with a bottle of absinthe and personally watch you drink it. <laughs> All right, yeah, that, that's not awkward <laughs> at all. Uh, so, uh, any other... Fi- like a vanity award. Yeah, no, no joke. Um, any other final thoughts on Kickstarter? No? Uh, well, we'll be... Uh, Tom doesn't have a letter this episode. We No one funded that Kickstarter. Uh, so... Uh, I didn't see anything. I know. Uh, so, uh, next up, we'll have some shout-outs and an anecdote. We'll be Fantastic. Right And we're back. Uh, now we're going to be doing some shout-outs. Uh, I like, I'd like to point out, you you still do the announcer voice just just with the "and we're back," and then you're it's, you're right back to yeah, normal. That's the, that's the format of the show, Tom. It's how it works. It's a convention. It's it's a standard. Well, I don't like it. I believe in tradition. It, no, you don't. The, yeah, no, I don't. Not it, really. it, dude, I've known you for yeah, way too long. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but that's what I do. So deal with it. Uh, so anyways, we're going to be talking about Kickstarter-related uh, shout-outs. Uh, first off, uh, for those of you who like to be the good guy that saves a Kickstarter, there's a new blog out called Kicksaver that all does is like you specify how much money you want to spend, and then it shows you Kickstarters that are about to end within that budget range that are only that far away from being successful. So if you like spend, say, $100, you'll see Kickstarters that are about to end that are less than $100 away from being successful. So then you can be the guy that saves the Kickstarter by spending 100 bucks on it. And we need I'll, a hero. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> what I love is that you can. You, it looks through all of them, and they're like, I was. Just, I found out about it on Metafilter, and they had a whole discussion about whether this is really a good idea or something people should do. But they're like, what? One of the guys like, yeah, this is kind of a waste of time. Like one of the projects is making an eight foot cupcake out of yarn, and like, what are you talking about? An eight foot yarn <laughs> cupcake of doom? How dare you doubt that? <laughs> 
done. Yeah, exactly. So um, I believe in you, giant uh, yarn, yarn cupcake. <laughs> exactly. Of doom. Um, Let us go forth and fight crime. So, uh, getting on uh, uh, another blog related to uh, Kickstarter, Caleb, I know you had one. Oh, uh, yeah, the Saner one. Uh, yeah. RPG uh, Kickstarter has a Tumblr. Yeah. And it's just uh, a streaming list of RPG Kickstarters. It's I think just, they do a little commentary, and I think they, they've interviewed one or two guys about it. Yeah, so. but it's mainly just like you go on there, they say, what's your project? Submit it. Yeah. You submit it, and it pops up the next day. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's all I did. So, um, yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to promote Kickstarters if you're doing it in the RPG realm. But it's yeah. also uh, cool if you just want to find nerd projects to go yeah. look at. I think so. that's where it's, it's either that or something awful where I found out about the Mezzo, the Aztec RPG. And I wish I had contributed to it because it had the fucking, you know, Eater of Skulls or whatever. I mean, it's just like <laughs> fucking badass Aztec mythology. Like, you, I mean, everybody knows Greek or like a lot of people know Greek and Roman. Norse myth and Roman, you know, Greco Roman uh, mythology. Yeah, and some Egyptian and Norse. But, but who the fuck knows, you know, Aztec mythology? And that shit is fucking crazy. I man. think there's a lot of that in uh, Bumps in the Night, the new Glancy book. Yeah, yeah, traditional yeah, yeah. mythologies. Yeah. Um, hey, who knew about Camasots? Huh? Exactly. Me. Exactly. Speaking of Mayan, like one of the one of the uh, just totally off topic, but um, one of the things I love is that I found this essay talking about this. There's this Mayan legend about two brother gods who save the world from evil gods by playing their traditional ball game, which is you know where you have to use your elbows through a narrow hoop and the things. And what's great is. This essay is some archaeological, like, post-grad student or something comparing it to Space Jam. Like, Bugs Bunny and <laughs> Michael Jordan uh, being the two hero brothers who saved the world through a ball game. And, like, makes a really good comparative analysis of these two mythic structures. Modern academia, everybody. <laughs> as, I, as, I said, as I said in the forgettable movie PCU, you can major in Game Boy if you know how to bullshit. Yeah. So I, I can't believe you guys are like this is the, like that is the greatest idea for an essay ever, and I cannot believe you're making fun of it. Jeez, um, we're we're not we're supporting it in our own way. Yeah, uh huh. Sure you are. So uh, next is speaking of tumblers and blogs, though. Uh, for those of you who are critics of Kickstarter and may think it's a little over, ah, it's just a fad. It's all the projects are stupid. Well, here's the proof you want: Shitstarter, which is a <laughs> Tumblr of the worst Kickstarters. Um, that are just ridiculous. I mean, I'm not even going to list them. Just go there because, I mean, it updates every day because there's always terrible. Like, you see the ones that are like, I want to make an MMO and I'm good at video games and, like, I like them very much and I want $10,000 and, like, $20 has been contributed. That's it. Like, yeah. You, like, you did that did, did that uh, video in MS Paint, didn't you? You, probably, you just like, made a slideshow out of it. I was him. like, I am Master, master Programmer Lee Ryu Gunship. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so uh, uh, there was one Kickstarter you were talking about uh, of RPGs um, that you just contributed into recently, wasn't there? Yeah, um, City of Clocks. Yeah, it's uh, by James Nevitt yeah. of Archidream fame. Yes, uh, and it looks pretty cool because um, it seems very uh, China Melville influenced and uh, you know industrial fantasy kind of stuff, and it's also systemless. Uh, so it's not written for any specific RPG system. It's meant to be easily transferable. Uh, and uh, I, I I obviously like that. That's how I wrote No Security. 
um, and I contributed to it. I've got a whole blog post about you know writing systemless and why it makes sense to me at least. Yeah, up at Heaven on Games. So uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool that um, there are more of those projects coming out that aren't married to yeah. specific systems and therefore lost to anybody who doesn't play that system. Right. Because uh, converting so, it to that system is is what so it, difficult. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Nobody ever makes up numbers on the fly when they GM. No, that no. never ever happens. Uh, <laughs> Why are you looking at me? What, what what is this? What are you implying? <laughs> nothing, Rob. No, nothing. Um, he knows. One of the things I really liked. Uh, one other, one last Kickstarter related website was Kick Track. That's with a Q at the end instead of CK because we know you know web startups can't edgy. Spell, yeah, can't spell things normally. Anyways, it's some sort of browser plugin add-in for Firefox and Chrome and analytical stat tracking thing. I'm not sure exactly everything it does. I mean, Kickstarter provides a lot of analytics for your uh, uh, own projects as well. So uh, I just found out about it. So I'm going to try it out and let you guys know later on what it does exactly. But hey, if you're in a Kickstarter, check that thing out. It looks kind of cool, maybe, uh, is all I can say. Um, One other Kickstarter I supported recently was Silent City, which is a zombie survival horror Wow. Web series. Just web series. wow. Yeah, I know. <gasps> Son Got an of a urban bitch. Ex- urban exploration angle, too, which I know is weird. Son of a fucking bitch, yeah. Ross. Uh, guys running around. You have fucking blown my mind. <laughs> Anyways, they're actually going to start showing. They, they, they finished their Kickstarter this spring, a couple months ago, and they already got the first episode. It's going to be up July 1st. So they already got the trailer out. I'll post a link to the trailer. It looks really cool. It looks like it's really well made. It was done in New York City. Uh, so yeah, that looks, you know, ball. I got the DVD for them, so that'll be cool. Um, then Tom, you're talking about a Kickstarter you supported, but you didn't really. Uh, it didn't. It didn't succeed, and I'm yeah. sad. Yeah, it was actually on Indiegogo, so I don't know if yeah. they 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 could probably got whatever funding they actually asked for or actually but, received, but yeah. But uh, it was uh, it's H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's Arkham. It's like yeah. an MMO about finding stuff of the Necronomicon. Yeah. With like a human faction, a ghoul faction, and a deep one faction you could be part of. Yeah. Just seemed like a really fun thing I would love to have seen succeed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of projects that are really cool, but they never get finished. Uh, so this will Probably be because people didn't know about them. Yeah. We're spreading the word. Yes. So you, We are part of the solution. Uh, maybe talk to them again and see if they can do it successfully this time. Um, there's one other Kickstarter you, you wanted. You, you actually kicked into it? Yeah. If, okay, if you're a nerd, you've already heard about this, but yeah. Clang... Yeah. So Neil Stevens is just like being crotchety old Neil Stevens, and he's like, "I learned about sword fighting when writing fantasy books, and they don't do it right. It's not good. Not it's not good sword fighting. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna video game, but it's gonna have good sword fighting, and you will actually fight with a sword in the game because uh, motion capture is so good now. So sword fighting. Like he's like crotchety about sword fighting not being accurate enough to actual sword fighting. And so he's going to make a video game to educate the public. So yeah. people sword fighting in their living rooms. And yet again, that's one of those things where, like, to buy the game, it was quite a bit of money. And I didn't want to wait eight years, like, when I have kids and stuff and I'm not going to be able to play video games anymore. But I want that game to exist. I want to see people yeah, learning people uh, yeah. Renaissance sword techniques. Yeah. So. 
Um, yeah, they're asking for half a million dollars, and as we speak, I just looked it up. It's like two hundred eighty-eight thousand. So it'll probably make it. Like one of the stats I heard about in one of the various articles I read about Kickstarter, like people number crunching all the successful versus unsuccessful projects was that if you made at least a third of your goal 30, 30 or 30% uh, of your goal you are almost certain to get uh, become successful so like huh. projects either like don't get any money at all or they get all their money there's very few projects that get like halfway and then they don't succeed and if so, you fail you have no one to blame but yourself because I mean that makes sense because most of the projects that don't succeed are the ones that are like Hey, I won't make video game. Give me monies, you know, like because it, it doesn't cost them to do anything. So all the dumbasses will be like, "Yeah, I'll, I want a hundred thousand dollars to make the best game ever," you know, because. Like, and what's your how going to be? And what's your production crew? Me. Yeah, I got a guy who does keyboards. He has a keyboard. He does that. So you know that. Um, no reason. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> so those are the uh, shout outs. So finally, we have some uh, anecdotes. Um, the first one uh, we'll talk about is with uh, Dan, Fuzzy Dan from, you may know on the forums, uh, the guy who played the Warlock in the New World Campaign. Kuthin, is back. Yeah, yeah Kuthin, uh is back in Springfield and he's ready to start gaming again. And he first thing he wants to do is run a game of Star Wars. And we've done one session of this One game. session so far. And uh, using Star Wars, using Wild Talents and Star O-R-E, uh, One Roll Engine. So... He, we've made a crew of people on, and we have a spaceship. And uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and talk, talk about the other characters first? I want mine to be the big, you know. Yeah, player. I understand. Yeah. Well, I'm uh, playing a Trandoshan, war, you know, soldier, warrior, the captain, the owner and captain of the ship. Yeah. I'm in charge, and I'm playing a reptile. Go fucking figure. Yep. And of course, we've got uh, David. He's in it. He's actually playing my character's adopted brother. There's actually, Caleb brought up a good point. In the last three games that we've played, you and David have played brothers or people who are very close to one another. So, comments? No, no. Yeah? <laughs> I've known, well, I've known him since seventh grade. Maybe okay. that has something to do with it. Okay, fair enough. I mean, But um, he's an entertainer. Yeah. Go figure. So, same species I am, just not a fighter and a singer. Yes, he's going with the lounge lizard thing. Uh, and Aaron is playing a Mon Calamari, right? Yeah, he's playing the ship's technician, which um, <laughs> essentially, actually... Wait, wait, what? Yeah, wait, actually, what? Uh, actually, Dan, myself, I'm pretty sure others were totally trying to convince him to play him as this set in the legacy era, which is like, you know, shit's gone really bad for the Mon Cal in this. We, we wanted him to play like as someone who talks like, uh, Nick Nolte, yeah, to someone who's like a complete burnout drunk Moncal, like God damn it, the fucking hyperdrive's out of Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. damn it, yeah, basically Tom, a pissed off drunk Tom Waits, right, who's also a fish guy. That's what we wanted to do, but no, he didn't want to do that. He wanted to play Aaron, cause... yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Um, and then of course my character yes. is the drum roll, please. Ross is playing Kevin. Kevin Star Chaser. <laughs> I was a moisture farmer on Tatooine, and now I'm not. And, <laughs> and I, thank the thank the force for that. I put all my point, almost all my points, into shooting things with blasters and dodging, and like that's about it. Like I'm not good at anything else. Uh, Essentially, you're a moisture farmer with a blaster rifle. Uh, yeah, and I've I've basically just settled on role playing him like Scruffy from Futurama, <laughs> except and, he's a. 
yeah. master marksman. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like <laughs> after I murdered the Sorry. bounty hunters in our ship, I said, "I'll, I shot them. I'll clean up the brains." So <laughs> I, like, threw, like, I threw the bodies out the airlock. Like Kevin's gonna die like Kevin lived. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I'm gonna be playing Star Wars for a while. Apparently, <laughs> this shows you just why. This shows you why we'd be so much better to make the next Star Wars movie. I was tempted to play a space wizard or Jedi, whatever, and but like. <laughs> I decided that's what I usually do is play the, the you know, versatile investigator characters. I want to try something different. A guy who just shoots things and talks that's, and so that's monosyllabic. For, so that's, so that's the first and last option for you. Well, space wizard, yeah. That, no, shooting. Well, no, for no, Scruffy, for, though, yeah, for, for Scruffy, Kevin, though. I'm sorry. For Kevin, that's your, that's your, that's your first and last option. Pretty shooting. much, yeah. <laughs> or dodging, you know, maybe a little bit. So essentially, I could actually go like, like and Kevin... Shoot. All right. <laughs> I'll shoot them space fillers. He's <laughs> like, no, don't worry. They're stormtroopers. They can't hit a thing. All right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, but we yeah, also... In Star Order, stormtroopers have one dice in probably Blaster. Like, uh, it's probably. like physically impossible for them to... And they probably have two dice. I mean, they do hit every once in a while. I know. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> All right, uh, fair enough. Well, no, or just main character. No, they hit other like the the the, the rebel equivalent of stormtroopers. They hit the, the red shirts. Hit the red shirts. So like, the, it's the main characters have two hard dice and not being shot by stormtroopers. <laughs> so like, they, the the stormtroopers can't do anything about that. They can't possibly pierce that plot shield. <laughs> you know, plot shield. Activated. Yeah, it all makes sense now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like my explanation of Prometheus. It's the the old man's insane, and everybody no, else. just stop. <laughs> just stop. Nah. Yes, All come right. on, Russ. Let's go drink some victory gin and strangle a pearl. Yes. Um, finally, though, uh, uh, for one last uh, anecdote, though, is we've I've rediscovered uh, a game I'd forgotten about a video game, uh, The Warriors for the Xbox. And I reintroduced based off them the movie? based off the movie. Yeah, they, this was made by Rockstar in 2005, and they just made it into this thing. And what it the single player is fine, but like what makes this the best multiplayer <laughs> game better uh, on par with Smash Brothers and Mario Kart, in my opinion, is the the, the battle royale modes. Caleb, do you want to talk about your your experience? You you just uh, experienced it for the first time last night. Yeah, I had never played the multiplayer before, so you can unlock different all the gangs in the movie, and eventually you can basically unlock all the character models used in the game. And make your own gangs out of whatever character models you are. So, being playing on roster system, not mine, it was like prostitutes versus bums. <laughs> so, like all the homeless models versus all of the scantily clad women are like security guards versus actual cops. And uh, what Battle Royale is, is you take all these crazy, ridiculous, absurd gangs, you put them on a roof. And to the tune of salsa music, you try and throw each other off to your death in teams of five, and it's every time someone nine, gets nine. and nine every time someone gets thrown off, it goes slow mo to watch them go oh, before cutting back to split screen. It's it's way more fun 
than it ought to be. Like, it's more fun than Call of Duty has ever been. <laughs> it's it's absurdly it's it's absurdly entertaining. It is, and uh, we I figured out how to record that video footage. So I think we'll do a, a RPPR Let's Play of multiplayer Rumble mode at some point, where we have everybody record the audio of us talking about it as we're trying to murder hobo murder each other off, you know, throwing each other off the roof. Well, yeah, and like each character model has its own little catchphrase and whatever yeah. so like you'll have a crazy bum in an army jacket throw a baseball fury off a roof and be like you ain't a man until you've been in nom <laughs> and then you're just back to playing the game <laughs> and you have to try and stop laughing hard enough to actually control the characters yeah. So. um yeah so uh with that in mind uh, that's another rpbr video uh, you'll have to be looking forward to so um with that this will be ending episode 74 kickstart my heart uh, this is ross payton here with uh, tom church Whoa. and caleb yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you on uh, the next time <laughs>